So my name is Swami Pranabha, and I also live and serve here at Ananda Village. What you say if we explore the possibility of the freedom of karma? Sounds good? Okay, let's sit upright. Close your eyes. Let's see if it happens. Look softly close your eyes and tune into your breath to begin with. Feel that easy, smooth flow of prana through the breath. Feel yourself going into your center. Feel in that relaxation and openness. Then with your awareness, tune into those things that you're attracted to. Your desires, your attachments. And check the feelings of your heart. Feel what that energy is there in your heart. And feel yourself untethering from those things that you're attracted to, those desires and attachment. Feel from your heart your complete offering into the true soul bliss of your own nature in God. Feel that openness, that lightness, the expansion of joy. And feel truly the freedom from your karma. So at this point, I don't need to say anything more. (laughs) But, you know, to whatever degree we're open when we approach our lives and our karma in this way, we have the, the truth of that experience. We perhaps have a mix of affirmation with experience. We have a mix of optimism that this will be true, and some of it is true. And it's that way. But every time we move forward in a flow of awareness and openness with energy towards releasing that karma, even if we feel we're just in the dredges of mass karma personalized to us, it doesn't really matter. It's that movement and awareness and conviction of that movement of energy that frees us. I mean, there are times, I'm sure you've done this on your own, what we just did, and you do feel, as Anandi said, perhaps nothing has taken place in that progress. But that's only because we have a poor understanding from the conscious mind of what really happens spiritually to us. But there are times, perhaps you've done this, I've done this many times, where, and I do this every night, uh, the experience is different, but every night I do, as Swamiji suggested, 
to consciously go through releasing whatever's happened during the day. The good things, the bad things, the things that were overtly blown, and those amazing experiences that were transforming. All of those things to release them. Sometimes I use a visualization that Swamiji suggested of having a bonfire. And other times I just try to tune into the loving gaze of our guru, Paramahansa Yogananda, and offer it in that way. And there are times in introspecting the day's activities that I'm in tears of how unsuccessful I've been that day. And other times there's a great joy in feeling that there was such an overwhelming effect in a positive way. But I've learned sort of as what Anandi was referring to, that those negative or positive experiences are not really who I am. And even there, that freedom comes from just saying, all of this is yours, Lord. All of this is yours. You know, I've been reading uh, a brief collection um, of commentaries from sports commentators, and these were on tennis, the game of tennis. And there was one where this woman, who had been a past great tennis player professionally, was making a comment uh, on a tennis match with a current great tennis player. And this woman said about the current great one, I had this feeling today that she will either lose or win. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good description <laughs> of life itself, that that's, that's the realm of possibility. And you can see how this commentator probably in that moment was trying to say something really wise. Um, and she actually did. Uh, not necessarily that the tennis audience understood that. But isn't it true that each day we w wake afresh and is the energy going to bring us away from our truth in the divine nature we are or is it going to draw us towards that? The other thing from these commentators was this man said, um, you know, because tennis is played outside and rain's a major factor on the courts and the play. He said, you know, it hasn't rained anymore since it stopped raining. <laughs> That's true for our karma, uh, that we have these pauses that, that make us feel, wow, we got through that, you know, we're going to be okay because it hasn't poured down on us again. But that's when it pours down on us again. You know, it's just the nature of things. And it's, it's the gift that we have, and Anandi and, and Chitendra talked about this, that the gift that we have is not that, you know, everything will work out, that we'll be really always in the mode of contentment from what happens. The important factor is we're always content no matter what happens. It isn't as if the things that we do should be what draws us into the deeper states of spiritual awareness. They are very helpful, and we can utilize them as springboards. But the tendency that can happen is that we can then rely on those 
experiences as if they are the sum total of who I am spiritually at this point. They aren't, because as Anandi said, they're just layers and layers of who we really are. And the greatest hope we have, no matter how great it is, if it isn't applied, if it isn't really made to be in the moment of whatever happens, good or bad, then hope creates greater delusion. It's an odd way to look at it, but it's like another way to describe it, as Master and Swamiji have often emphasized, that wishful thinking is fatal to the devotee. Why? Because we're not in the experience that's happening to us. We're looking to be somewhere else. Circumstances different, as the quote that Jitendra mentioned from Sister Gyanamata, change no circumstance, change me. And when we operate from that premise, in that moment, we have freedom from karma. We already have that. Remember the last part of uh, Paramahansa Yogananda's description of what self-realization is. At the very end he says, and all we need is to improve our knowing. It isn't as if we don't know. It isn't as if it's somewhere out there that we're getting to, we're attaining, we're arriving at that point. That experience is already there for us. But as Master used to quote frequently, uh, Adi Swami Shankaracharya, Adi means the first, so Adi Swami Shankaracharya was the one that many, many centuries ago reorganized the monastic order of the Swamis. And he said that childhood is busy with toys, youth is busy with sex, middle age is busy with earning money, old age is busy with regret, nostalgia, and illnesses. Nobody is busy with God. There is no age group that should be more busy with God or less busy with God. It's really from the incarnation we come into. And busyness maybe isn't the term that most of us would naturally use. And so if we just use the word attunement, that if we can attune ourselves in every way, in every moment, then what happens is really not our concern so much. I remember this is something challenging for all of us um, that I've come across many times from counseling people, is that the teachings of yoga really say don't emphasize so much the goal, don't orient yourself towards the goal so much of what you're doing in this outer life, but orient yourself more into the flow of energy. Well, obviously, we need to have some semblance of where we're going. You know, if we're driving to uh, some destination, we have a sense of, oh, that's there, and we're going to go in this uh, direction, these highways, and so forth. So it's not as if we want to just black out that sense of a goal. But we let it be there, and then we invest our experience, our energy, into the flow itself. Because we never will know what really is going to happen, but we always know how we can be in that flow. Because 
who knows at what point a master said, Yogananda said, never wait for things to happen. He said, by waiting for your life's karma to unfold, you never know if your head is on the chopping block and it's time to go. So don't so much be in that waiting mode, but be in that relaxed mode with the energy flow always in that attunement. And that energy flow with attunement is the key. For instance, as Jitendra mentioned about the energization exercises, uh, we can readily confuse the, the true experience with the result, the outward result. So, you know, you can often get fixated on the tension and relaxation. But that's the means. And it's an important means. It's not as if we want to avoid that. And if you really want to tune into it in a deeper way, our beloved friend from Los Angeles, Keshava, this afternoon is doing a specific sadhana at Hansa Temple for those that want to explore really enriching and deepening that experience. But the key here is that energization is like a, an example for us in our lives. That we need to put all our focus and energy and awareness into it. Because remember, Yogananda said, it wasn't just about the willpower. He said it was willpower with attunement that allows us to have the experience that's inherent in energization for the exercises because we become more that experience. We're not just doing something, we're becoming that experience. And that's really the example for all of the parts of our lives, that we want to attune ourselves always in every moment to what our truth is, because that's when karma just washes away. Master said that the best way to deal with karma is pleasantly. An interesting word. <laughs> pleasantly. But what does that really mean? It means we're always lifting the energy. We're always opening up to the possibility. We may not succeed as Mr. What was it, Mr. Sham and Mr. Honesty? Mr. Honesty, uh, you know, was dealing with something beyond the realm of his conscious awareness. And isn't that true for all of us? We can never feel comfortable that we really know what's going on, but we can always develop greater flow of intuition. It is intuition that allows us in a very direct, practical way to rise above the karma that's happening. Maybe to completely remove the karma that's chasing us or perhaps mitigate it to lessen its effect because maybe there's a greater gift to be learned in still dealing with that karma. We won't know that. We won't know it until we really always are in the offering phase that's more dynamic than the energy that the karma itself has. Isn't that interesting? That if we magnetize that energy flow in our self-offering, where it isn't just an affirmation, but a deep conviction of experience, if that's greater than the energy behind the karma, good or bad, we will be free from it. What a wonderful way to understand that experience. I know that um, just before we... Uh, we're coming down for the class. We were meditating up in the Lahiri Mandir. Uh, Anandi had mentioned that she had uh, 
asked for the song, The Hill That Was Tara, and she explained a little bit about it. But I was so touched myself because it's one of my favorites as well. And here at Ananda, and this is something it's good for all of us to do, uh, is that we have filled out a sheet that says what we would prefer to have happen when we leave our bodies. Because we will leave our bodies. And, um, you know, the, the little things that you might want to have happen, some chance or you know, whatever it might be. And I've written down in mind to have the song, The Hill That Was Tara, played. Because it really reflects, as Anandi said, this is it. I'm free. I don't have to be here in this way. And often that song will produce a deep response in me. And, and I feel that it's touching my soul and really releasing that. Because one of the things that we also need to look at, um, well, Master used this phrase, which is very pertinent to our, our morning's topic. He said that heaven is waiting. And we can look at this in several ways. Heaven is waiting every moment of our lives. We have that possibility of being in heaven. The other part is, as he said, it's wise to appreciate the inevitability that this life and this body will end. It's a very important thing he said, and he, he mentioned also that throughout life, not just at the end when we've lived the, the many scores, the many decades, but throughout life, and I remember this as a, as a youth, uh, not so much always being busy with sex, but um, I was able to really tune into that the appreciation that death was hovering. And again, the challenge in our culture, in our society, in this world, is that there's a tendency to have a morbid relationship to death. You know, that let's not even talk about it, let's not even explore it. And that's one of the downfalls of what's happening is that we have no perspective in our world anymore about life ending in this form and appreciating that that's a gift as opposed to, oh my goodness, it's a disaster. But even when I was in my teens, I had this appreciation that, yeah, all of us could go at any point. And to appreciate that as something to invigorate what we're doing now. Because really, we don't know in this moment or the next day or the next week or the next month or 20 years when our head is on the chopping block, as Master said, it will happen. But why wait? Because what's important is that heaven is waiting for us. That if we tune in and not only acknowledge that perspective, that's important. Acknowledgement is taking the conscious awareness and putting intention into our lives. But beyond acknowledgement, the experience. And so Swami Kriyananda said often, it's a good thing if you're taking a shower when you're scrubbing your body, feel that those skin cells are being washed away and nothing will remain. Well, an interesting thing to do because if you do it in more of a conscious, ongoing way, 
then that's what you relate to. The more that we bring our intentions into practice, they become the reference point of how we live. So maybe in that moment you're not completely aware that you're not the body, but if you continue to operate from that understanding, it becomes more your experience. You know, I've often said this about the Hong Sa technique, and I hope I'm not going to rob tomorrow's class or Thursday's class uh, on meditation, but if you think of any of the techniques that, you know, we'll have those times when we're not engaged, the technique is somewhere beyond the horizon, and uh, either we're having wonderful daydreams or we're just messed up in the whirlpools of tension. Um, but with techniques, and apply this to everything in your life, all we're asked to do is keep on. Don't have the sense of, it should be. The only should be is that I'm doing it. Even if I've been caught by the whirlwinds of distractions. If we just say, no, let me open up. Let me keep moving. Whatever is happening, my intention has become my experience, and I'm moving more and more in that direction. But this isn't always going to be that easy for us. But that's a given. Remember the promise, and maybe you won't want to hear this promise, but as we grow in our magnetism spiritually, we are going to be given more intense testing. It's not as if we go along and we're doing really good and things are really happening. No, it's because the point isn't to live a life here on earth with goodness but to have that goodness full of God. And so the test will come more intense. But as Jyotish or Davy said yesterday, remember Master promise. We will not give, be given a test that we're not able to, with their grace, with God's grace and Guru's grace, overcome. But expect that the adventure will increase in its possibilities. And those possibilities give us the certainty, if we apply ourselves in the right way, of being freed from karma. And I want to read to you just briefly a short poem from Yogananda. This is taken from the book of poetry of his, Songs of the Soul, the 1923 edition. So sit upright again and focus your awareness. Feel these words as moving through you that you're not just listening to them. When I smile, thou dost smile through me. When I cry, in me thou dost weep. When I wake, thou greetest me. When I walk, thou art with me. Thou dost smile and weep. Thou dost wake and walk, like me, my likeness thou. But when I dream, thou art awake. When I stumble, thou art sure. When I die, 
Thou art my life. Let's live in that freedom from karma as best we can. Jai Guru. So please stand and let's take a moment to be instruments for these blessings that go out into all hearts and minds throughout the world, that souls be receptive in whatever karma they're dealing with, to feel at the center of who they are at least a touch of this grace and a touch of freedom from karma. Let's rub our hands together.